Hello and welcome to the Rough Draft Podcast. My name is Mike. And my name is Austin. Should have listened to our last episode so we could remember the formula. No, that's fine. All right. Hello, faithful listeners. Welcome, welcome to our podcast. If this is your first episode, and welcome back if you were listening with us in the first season. We're excited to get back on track here and put out some more stories this summer, this season. However, I don't know. However long it'll last, uh, Austin and I are excited. We, we love this project. We love writing stories. We love talking to each other about stories and mm-hmm. working on art together and getting better at the things that we are passionate about. And well, I'm, is, I'm honored that you say you like working on art with me. I really do. I think, I think of you as more of an artist than myself. Stop. Today uh, on the podcast, Austin is ringing in the new season with a story. Uh, it's about phone calls. Yep. So get ready. In college, we used to sit behind people in chapel and mimic a phone vibrating by humming. My one friend would do this until other students would start to look around as if they were hoping their fidgeting would alert the mystery phone owner to silence it. It's interesting how even the setting on our phone that is meant to alert us without disturbing others could still be so unnerving to some. I always have my phone on vibrate. I hate phone calls. I don't know why, but when my phone rings, I get nervous. When I was in elementary school, I remember my teacher telling me that they were going to call my parents because of my grades. I remember getting home, and each time the phone rang, being filled with anxiety, and then breathing a sigh of relief when I realized it was just a telemarketer. I would avoid my mother by staying in the basement awaiting my fate. Until finally, when I had let my guard down, thinking I had bought another day, usually around dinner time, the phone would ring and my father would answer and I would realize my time was up. I would have to come clean. In middle school, I was punched in the face in the lunchroom and cried in front of all my classmates. I remember sitting in the principal's office as he told me he would call my parents that night. How would I explain myself? In college, I would get phone calls from my advisors asking how my classes were going. We both knew it wasn't going well. Instead of answering, asking for help, and creating a plan, I would send it straight to voicemail. When I failed that semester and the academic dean called to inform me that I was being dismissed, I screened his phone calls until he had no choice but to leave a voicemail to inform me. It was as if I believed by not taking the phone calls, it would somehow put off the inevitable. I think what I was really afraid of was people seeing me for who I really was. My parents would realize that I was a liar and had lied about my grades. My father would think I was a wimp for crying instead of fighting back. Or that people would realize that I wasn't as smart as they assumed I was. 
In actuality, I realized later on, the truth was I was afraid others would see me as I saw myself. I drove home from work today. I called my wife just to let her know I was on my way home. I waited for her to answer, sitting through each dial tone, and she answered. And before she said hello, I hear the commotion of my son playing in the background and the cries of my infant daughter. In the midst of this chaos, a voice that is purely calm says, Hi, how are you? Good. I just wanted to let you know that I'll be home soon, I respond. Oh, great. I ordered a pizza because it's a bit hectic here, she replied. I tell her I'm sorry. And she says, I'm just glad I'll get to see you. There's the usual silence on the phone that exists between two people who know each other. And before we hang up, she pauses and says, hey, I love you. I wish I saw myself the way she sees me. Thanks. Yeah. It's um, short. 550 words. Yeah, which is one of the things that you wanted to t talk about with it. Yeah. Um, but I think like it's also pleasant. So the, the idea uh, for this story came about uh, from two different things. Uh, one was my mom was cleaning out my bedroom at uh, my parents' house. And so she said, hey, um, if you want any of your stuff, come and get it. And so I did and came over, got a couple of boxes of things, and uh, we were going through it. And in it, uh, I found uh, a yearbook from college. My college made yearbooks, and they would, like, give them to yeah. us. Yeah, so kind of weird. Um, kind of, I don't know, I went to a small smaller, I guess, Bible college, and it was kind of like a, they treated us kind of like we were in high school a lot of times, but anyways, they would give us a, a yearbook, and we were like looking through it, and I was laughing about times in college, and I was reminded of a time in chapel when we would do all kinds of horrible things in chapel, and I would, one time I brought a tiny little like water pistol, and I would shoot it like arc it really high in the air, and I would sit all the way in the back, and it would arc like real far, like down closer to the front, and I would do it so high that I would fall down on people, and people would like look up and like try and see if like the ceiling was leaking. Right, makes sense. Yeah, so just we would always do like stupid things like that. But one of the things that I was remembering when I recalled that story was how my one friend would sit uh, behind people, or would just sit there and just like wouldn't move at all, and he'd just go, mmm, 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 like a phone was phone, like yeah. yeah vibrating, and without fail he would do it long enough to where people would like start looking around like whose phone is that. Um, and it was just this real, we'd like crack up laughing about it. Um, and then that made me think about how I just hate phone calls. Uh, yeah. I hate when people call me. I don't like to answer uh, a lot, even if it's like somebody I know. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I, I get anxiety. And it's funny because of the job I work in now, I have to call people all day long. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's like the worst. Um, and so that kind of spawned into this thought of like, why do I, why do I not like phone calls? Mm. Why, and I was thinking through that, and then as I was thinking through that, I was like, I remember, like thinking about these anxious moments uh, when teachers would call home, or you know, when I would get in trouble, and um, 
there's just a lot of fear around that. Yeah. And I think that carried on forward where like, I'm just a conflict avoidant person. Yeah. And uh, you know, that goes forward. And then I really, uh, I wanted to, I want to elaborate on it more and kind of break it out more um, and kind of go a little bit more introspective with it. Yeah. I thought of a couple of things as you were um, reading. What, the first being one way that you could expand the length of the story yeah. would just be to go into more like um, details about those instances with the phones, like each of those little vignettes. Yeah. Like instead of saying, like kind of taking a, an observational perspective, like when I was, mm-hmm. you know, in elementary school, I used to be, a, you know, all like kind of telling the reader about it you yeah. could you could just tell that story like yeah. kind of embed yourself into that narrative and just like be more first person maybe um yeah i think yeah i mean just initially like off like the top and i i i had that kind of pull that i wanted to do that when i was first writing out like mm-hmm. at, like i would do the one and then i started doing the second one right. and i wanted to go back and expand that and expand that yeah but i was like I didn't know where I was going or how much detail I was going in with right. the other ones. And so I was like, well, let me just keep it shorter. Yeah. It's like that. Which I think is good for this draft. I yeah. would say in the next one, in the next draft, I mean, you can, I, I would try doing that. Like yeah. finding a way to kind of jump right into the story and, yeah. then, and then be like in the story instead yeah. of describing what happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's um, good. The other, yeah, I just think that would be interesting and it would, you know, beef your story up a bit. Um, who's kind of, maybe this is a hard question because I don't know how I would answer it for most of my stories either, but like, who would you say is your audience for this? Like, is it the me? Is it like yeah, the podcast? Uh, yeah, I was actually, I was okay. just thinking about that as you were actually, when you were giving me the last point, this with so much of my stories, and I think because um, part of me is like like teacher driven, or I want a story to relate to something, and specifically, a lot, I want a lot of my stories, uh, especially about myself, to relate to the human condition, mm. um, and this idea that all of us have some form of insecurity or another, and how we um, present that, or how we cope, or you know how we deal with that. This idea that I was afraid. And I wanted to put off the inevitable, but then take that another, like, step, okay, that's conflict avoidance, you know? Yeah. But then also take it a step forward and saying, I was afraid of this because I was afraid of, like, being, like, stripped bare. And this idea, like, okay, like, my parents would know I was a liar or, you know, um, for whatever, whatever it was, I was afraid of whatever the consequence of that phone call would be. Mm-hmm. When, like, in actuality, it... it there was a consequence of like that phone call happening, you know, whether that be, you know, I wasn't doing well in school or, you know, I was being dismissed from college, whatever that was. But the deeper issue in that was uh, my own self-confidence in those issues or how I viewed myself. Yeah. There's this, um, this theory that I learned in my study of sociology called the looking glass self, Mm -hmm. which is like, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we see a version of ourselves, mm-hmm. like a metaphorical mirror. You know? right. yeah, yeah. We see a version of ourselves that we want to be, but it's not actually the version that we really are. When you introduce like other people or when you're in like certain relationships or in certain scenarios, 
kind of like when you actually look in a mirror, it's not really what you look like, you know? Yeah. Like it's one perspective yeah. of what you look like. And I'd like, to, I'd like to find the balance within the story of how I view myself, how others view me, but then there's also this side where it's like nobody knows me better than myself mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And at, at the end of the day, like, I can't, you can't lie to yourself. I mean, yeah. you can lie to other people about yourself, but you know, you know, whatever the truth is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like an interesting angle, this idea of like, well, how do you see yourself? I think that that's kind of like the conclusion of your story is that your, your fear from the phone calls is that you're not really necessarily, like, there might be some sort of, like, social anxiety about talking on the phone. Yeah. But what you're kind of getting at is that what you're really afraid of is that they're going to find out something that you don't want them to find out or they're going to... And that phone call is the confirmation that right. I know. Yeah, like I know the, the bad you know. grades or the yeah. d- mis- misbehaving at school kind of thing. Right, yeah. But then with, with Chelsea, she knows you so well, maybe not quite as well as you know yourself, of course, because she's, you know, another person. And, right. But um, it sounds like I don't want, I, like you want her of, to yeah. know you. Yeah, and that's kind of the and, and so I think that's what's interesting about the story is that you're afraid of those people who would be calling you because you don't want them to find out things about you or to confirm things about you, mm-hmm. and so you're afraid of them calling you to kind of find that out about you. But then here at the end, you're calling Chelsea, and you're not afraid of what she could find out. Like if anything, you're trying to reveal more of yourself to yeah. her as you grow in relationship together. Yeah, yeah. I so think I think that's... that if you could build, if you could work on that aspect of it in the story a little bit more to bring out the contrast between you receiving calls you don't want and you placing a call that you do want, maybe have something more in your dialogue with Chelsea that is more telling of the nature of your relationship instead of just like. I think the calm, the calm element of it is really good, but if you could introduce something else, like some, some kind of like inside joke or like way that you have of communicating with each mm-hmm. other, or just like maybe even just like a thing that you say to each other that like is quirky or whatever, mm-hmm. that is like some sort of like signal that yeah. everything is okay at home and everything's okay with you. I don't know what that thing would be. I'm just kind of like yeah. throwing out an example, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think back to like the idea of audience. I'm still thinking about that, but like this idea that we all have a way of like presenting ourselves, yeah, and we all like care like deeply about how I think at the end of the day, like people can say what they say and say like I don't care what other people think of me, but I I always think of that that like in a sense is a way also of how you want people to see you, yeah, like you like when people say like I don't care what other people think, it's like when you say that, but you also you want people to know that you don't care about what other people think, and that's how like right. so. It's a whole thing. This all, this not not to say that we're all actors, you know, but this that we all have a way of presenting ourselves. There's, I think, two kind of consequences of this like cultural moment when all these secrets are being revealed about people that we have idolized for, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Not that anyone necessarily has idolized Harvey Weinstein, but like, you know, like they're just these people that we hear these allegations about and. There's something when, when, when a big thing like that happens in culture, we get scared that the people that we know and love are going to have all these horrible secrets. So that fear kind of keeps our distance. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I don't want to get too close to you because then I'm going to know all your secrets and then I'm going to know how like, horrible you are. Or, or like, you're going to know my secrets. Right, yeah. yeah. But then on the other hand, we, we want to get closer because we want reasons to trust 
the people. Like we want reasons, we want to be affirmed in our trust of people. Yeah. So it's kind of like these two things are happening. Like we don't, we want to keep people at a distance, but we also want to draw people like way closer mm -hmm. in order to like really feel that we can trust them. Yeah. That's maybe something you could talk about too. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't know why, but I always like to start, because this is like a deep conversation in this story, but I like oftentimes starting stories like that with a, an anecdote isn't the right word, but a, a simple kind of more like humorous story. Like this idea of like us playing these pranks with like phones in chapel, like humming and things like that. It's not necessarily a, I don't know. That, yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I think that I was going to say something about the opening as well. In terms of the sequence of the story, mm -hmm. in my mind, it makes sense to kind of start with your youngest anecdote, elementary school or whatever, middle school, or there was one that was like younger than yeah. college, right? Yeah, it was elementary, yeah. middle school, and yeah. college. I would start, I know that it's not like the fun vibrating in the in I guess, chapel one, but yeah. I would start... I would start young and move up. Or if you want to start with the one, the funny one, I think it, you need to establish more of a reason for why you were thinking about that instead of just like, I don't even, how does the story start? I was thinking the other day or something like that. Well, it's in the college first, we used to sit behind. Oh, you. yeah, you just jump right into it. Yeah, I'm wondering if actually it'd be better to start like the first line of the whole story being, I hate phone calls. See, honestly, I thought that, and then when I started writing, I just started to say the... Right. But yeah, that could be... I it. was just thinking, that could be, and then... I just felt like that was too direct. Maybe. That could be one way, that might be a good way to try it in your next draft. Yeah. It's just to start, I hate phone calls, and then to jump right into the elementary school one, and kind of establish from the beginning that the reason you hate phone calls is because you're afraid that people will find out information about you, either from their questions or... Um, you know, just like you're nervous about talking to people because it's a personal thing to talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. You could start elementary, then do middle, and then do college. And the last one could be the vibrating in chapel. And I don't know exactly how this would work, but then somehow lead to, maybe you could say something like, except for when I call people because like I need to talk to them or something and somehow get to the conversation with Chelsea I don't know exactly mm. how that would work but I feel like that changed the story a lot yeah I, I mean yeah it does change it but yeah you should work on with this story I would work on um kind of stepping away from the real events that happened for the sake of kind of fleshing out the each of the phone calls each of the kind of anecdotes. What do you mean? Maybe add some... De I know you don't like doing this very much, but maybe add some, like, d details that aren't real, like, that are completely... Gotcha. ...made up, you know. But I know one of the things, like, you know... Describe uh, the... What that was the elementary school one, the kid that punched you in the face? That was like, middle school. Or middle school, yeah. Like, describe him, describe that day in right. more detail, even if it's, like, different than what no, really well, happened. like, one of the things I kind of wanted to get into with that one, like, was... What was it? Uh, I, let's see. I wanted to find the balance between, like, I was not um, a popular kid in middle school, but, like, this kid that punched me in the face, he wasn't a popular kid either. Mm. And so, 
you know, we were, like, two unpopular kids, and then we... Uh, just having a fight. Well, no, like, me and, like, my one friend, like, started making fun of him. Aww. And then it, it was... And so, like, it, it just uh, spurned from that. And then, like, we were just, like, laughing. And then I remember I, like, looked back at him, and he, like, pulled back and just, like, socked me, like, right in the face. Um, yeah, so I think that what you could do to set up that anecdote to make it longer and more interesting is talk more about that. Like, yeah, like, I want to unpack more of that because, it, it, you know, there's things like that. There's aspects of, like, okay, like, I thought, you know, my, you know I thought I was going to get in trouble because the principal was like, I'm going to call your parents after I got punched in the face. Right. And then, like, I was like, oh, man, like, my dad's going to be mad, you know. Not necessarily, you know, maybe because, like, I didn't fight back or, like, you know, be, or because I'm just in a fight. Like, a print, the principal of the school is calling my parents, you know. Right. When in actuality, the way that event played out, and I think this could go into, like, the way that I really am and the way that others see me. Like, I wish, you know, I, w- I wish I saw myself the way she sees me. I wish mm-hmm. I saw myself the way others see me sometimes. Because really the way that event played out was my dad um, argued with the principal and was like... On behalf of your character. Well, like, he was like, why Why are you calling me? Like, did my son punch him? Right. Like, my son was punched in the face. Yeah. And so it was like one of those... And I wasn't... I didn't get even in one bit of trouble. Yeah. And, like, my father completely came to my, like, defense. Um, you know. Uh, the, the fact that uh, I was, uh, you know, dismissed from college. And then was readmitted, um, you know, and then finished, you know. Yay. Because there were professors and there were advisors that uh, believed in me. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for sharing. Kicking off the season. I look forward to uh, hearing your story next week. Yeah. I hope uh, you all see me for who I am through this story. (laughs) I'm excited to read your, your, the new draft, the final, the, or at least the closer to final draft once you kind of work with this one a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Don't give up. Keep writing, listeners. Yeah, hopefully you're still listening to this podcast. Thank you. For, yeah. Thank you for listening. Season two, here we are. Here we are, season two. We're back. Keep writing. Keep, uh, keep creating, even if writing isn't your art. Keep doing that thing that you... I, I think it's good just to, yeah. to write stories, um, just from yeah. a standpoint. Like, Take pictures. Yeah. Make movies. Learn an instrument. Find your way to tell a story. Yeah. Yeah. However, write 500 words a day. Yeah. You know, try. Even try. If, even, if, yeah, even, even if it sucks, you'll get better.